Jasmine Court 10. What's Jasmine Court 10? I Means it's the 10th thing I've recorded from Jasmine oh. Court. Oh, wow, okay. Otherwise known as Vineland Studios. Vineland Studios, we're low tech this evening. We are low tech because uh, charging issues between the two. <laughs> Technical problems. Fr- frankly, we could have done this in the pub. Yeah, that might have added a bit of atmos, but. Uh, yeah, that would have really freaked Adrian out. It probably would. Um, but anyway, <laughs> hello, our listener. Uh, actually, we'll have an extra listener because Matt's. Hello, Matt's, because obviously you will listen to this one because we'll get to that. Anyway, so we're reviewing seven albums, bizarrely, tonight. No. Uh, Roger Waters' Dark Side of the Moon Redux, Bergman Embers, The National Laugh Track, The Rolling Stones' Hackney Diamonds, Hannah Diamond, Perfect Picture, <laughs> The Anchoress Versions, and Honey New Planet Heaven. So, seven albums to get your teeth around. Indeed. Uh, and we are going to start with uh, Roger Waters' Uh, obviously, ex Pink Floyd decided to mark the 50th anniversary of the release of Dark Side of the Moon by recording his own version of Pete. How are we feeling about Roger? <laughs> and a random place to start. <laughs> um, no relatives allowed. So, you know, there's another album on here which is an album of covers, uh, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, but here's an album of someone covering themselves. Yes. In effect. Well, no, actually not in effect. They are covering themselves. And um, and and I'll be really honest. I am going to say something positive, but they are managing to somehow remove all the spirit and grace <laughs> of the original. And I'm not entirely sure why. Um, okay, so say something positive, Peter. Um, look, if I was a, if I was completely unaware... Of, I mean, imagine a world where I had got, you know, a big knock to my head and I was completely unaware of the existence of Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. <laughs> yeah, one of the biggest albums of all time. Was, yeah. You know, it's like the plot of the beat, that film about the Beatles yesterday. You know, it yeah. somehow it was completely removed from, from all existence. Um, ongoing arguments and politics within the band. I'd somehow forgotten all that as well. Uh, and, support oh, for, yeah. and support for Putin's regime and war in Ukraine, etc. <gasps> <laughs> putting all that to one side <laughs> I would say that this is an interesting project and to be honest if another successful artist of that era and of that ilk did something similar um, we would probably be thinking about this in some sort of nostalgic oh that's a reframing of a thing that we like uh, and that's pretty good and then we'd probably celebrate it a little bit more. Um, and and that's not to say I didn't like, I did not like some of the versions on here. Mm-hmm. Because actually, whatever you do to some of these songs, some of them remain great songs. And even in on this album, yes. they remain great songs because they are great songs. And you've got the original songwriters singing them. And, and and covering totally. them, you know. So, you know, even it might, it might be more slower, more downbeat versions. But, you know, his covers of Breathe in here, uh, Time, mm. Us and Them, Brain Damage, they all remain really great songs. And even in this version, they are still great songs. Um, however, all those things I mentioned a second ago sort of kick in and there's this narration that he does <laughs> across the album as well um yes which i still can't quite get my head around and in partic- particularly over the instrumental track because the instrumentals are great on the album as well they're great yeah. S- yeah, yeah. scene breaker scene setters and he, he I, I have to admit though um despite that i did feel a little bit sorry for him on the great gig in the sky because there was obviously a very personal story that he was trying to convey um so i i sort of sort of hold back on my criticism um but otherwise, this is fairly pointless. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it is. It is. It is an interesting one because obviously this comes out. Uh, the, the, there's a remastered version of uh, yet another remastered version of, of the original Dark Side of the Moon that's mm. come out. Um, <coughs> cash in. Um, um, but as you say, on the on one level. Um, it's just actually quite an interested and valid reworking of of the album. Valid, obviously, because you know he was a big part of the band and and, and 
was the main songwriter in most of these songs. I know, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. But the issue for me is is um, well, a couple of issues. One that it's it's now become a very kind of very kind. Of, when I listen to it now, I just think it's kind of like a one paced version of Jeff Wayne's. War of the Worlds. Ooh. <laughs> as performed by Leonard Cohen. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just see where you're going. With this mix of smoke, with the, the, the yeah, yeah. thing. Okay. And, and it's like... Right. And as you say, the thing, is, the, the annoying thing is that the songs, the, al- the album is, is still a fantastic album. Yeah. There's, there's a reason why it's one of the best albums of all time. Of all time. It's a yeah, fantastic, yeah. It's yeah. fantastic record. But... You're kind of taken out, whilst it's not overly extended by the talking bits, it is extended and, and I think you're taken out of the natural flow. The, the album has, in its original format, a really good flow with all the tracks yeah. kind of flowing literally into one another. And that doesn't happen anymore because you've got Roger kind of going, and then life was grim. If we wanted that, we could have reviewed the Drake album. Hey, Katish. <laughs> Which we've decided not to on this album, yeah. not on this particular podcast, because we're thinking that's two hours of a life. Yeah, we, we've done that too many yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We, we learned a lesson. Yes. Um, but this is the thing. This album comes across more as a man who loves the sound of his own voice um, more than everything else. So it actually becomes a bit tedious. And it's a shame, because you say, if you just... If you, if you just focusing on the actual tracks themselves, then the kind of slowed down, kind of raspy, Leonard Cohen-esque kind of in reinterpretation of the songs mostly works okay. But it's just, you can't get away from Roger Waters. You can't get away from Roger Waters. You can't get away from this guy who has said some pretty stupid things in the last couple of years geopolitically, who's got has obviously got a decades-long running beef with with Nick Everybody. Gilmore and everyone else. Um, I feel like the album's just been done out of spite because of the endless reissues that obviously, <laughs> you know, are favouring someone. Um, I'm sure he's still getting... Money. I'm sure he's still getting his money out of that as well. He's the, he is the principal songwriter here at this point in their career, you know. Um, I just... I just... It's just... He's just taken all the... All that made... Made... This album great. It's just gone... But what remains, what I'm, as you've put it much more eruditely than I did, what remains is some really great songs and you've got the original band member, songwriter here singing them. Yeah. Albeit differently, and that's fine. It's just, there's just so much else wrapped up in this that I just find a bit uncomfortable. Um, desperation, as someone once said, is the English way. Speaking of the English way, <laughs> from a Swede... We move on to uh, Bergman Elements. Mm. Um, so we should be clear up front here that uh, we actually know Bergman. So, hello, Matt. Hi, Matt. Um, Deb sends her regards. Yes. And Matt and I once worked and recorded a song together back in the dim, dark, distant past. Where, where's fact, my wife just shared an office? Yes. <laughs> Very rough demo I wish I had back in the early SoundCloud days. So it's your story. Um, your story is better. Yes. <laughs> I wish I put out that the, the reason, well, part of the reason we're talking about this is because Matt's actually started life... Uh, uh, in a Swedish indie pop band called mm. Sense in the 90s mm. who recorded an album and uh, not only that but they had uh, Nina Pearson who obviously became famous as part of the Cardigans also sang on one of the tracks on that album however as we've just kind of alluded to there when we knew him uh, he was working in knowledge and information in a global <laughs> law firm <laughs> every artist must suffer for their art indeed yes that early flash of fame that that middle period where you had to hang out with the likes of us <laughs> and had to think about taxonomies, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and now hopefully a resurgence, legal, legal taxonomies. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm waiting for the song legal taxonomy, Max. I'm just the bats around, so I'm just going to put that out there now. Just, mm. um, he's back in Sweden, has been for a while. Now married, I'm glad that went to go, go well. Um, but what is funny about this this record um, still is the fact that. Clear London and the UK is still clearly, clearly, clearly. right there yeah. in, his, in the middle of his songwriting. Uh, it has ah. been before, but it's still there. I'm glad um, we made up an impression. Yeah, <laughs> thirty minutes long this album, and you can relax, Matt. 
I like it. Um, whether it's the delightful acoustic folk of Loving You and Lady with a Mirror, uh, former of which song has just some really great lead uh, acoustic riff on it. Uh, Kiri Ellison, um, which, has, which actually, Roger Waters, has a nice spoken word section. Um, which gives I almost giving off a kind of, I almost, got, almost got thought a uh, kind of Radiohead almost vibe to it, that track. Uh, title track, which is calling out for some film or TV show to kind of like grab it as incidental music. Um, there's that song that has a kind of a kind of noodling kind of piano Coldplay esque loop riff on it. Uh, is that the I Hear Your Northern Two one? I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lovely outro guitar work on that. There's some prog rock kind of synth noodling on. You look so pretty while you dig my grave. Great song title. Um, and of course, the album starts with the lyrically marvellous Green <laughs> Ember and the Poltax Riots, which is kind of depicting some kind of alternate reality, mm. perhaps. Um, and it's all quite lovely. Um, I love the fact that there's quite a wide use of kind of looping riffs across the re- record. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite kind of simplistic in that sense, but actually works really well for the way that Matt has actually constructed the songs. Always loved the way... Matt's does backing vocals and harmonies. Um, one of the things he brought to our tune, in fact, when we did our thing together. And this record was a fine reminder of just how kind of on it he is for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, interestingly as well, I thought, I'm going to review an album later on. Uh, I reckon, you know, if The National suddenly lose the lead singer and then looking for <laughs> someone to step in... One Matt Bergman, I think, would fit in quite nicely. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned The National. I'll come to that later, but um, probably at the end of the podcast. Um, I, I agree. I, look, this, you know, obviously looking at this, because it's very rare that we actually review someone we know, um, looking at this as objectively as I can, I really enjoyed this album. Mm, nice forget, forget the prior relationship. I actually really enjoyed this album. And as you say, it's a mixture of heavy folk and occasional occasional prog rock. Um, I, I thought it was a really great mix. Um, there's there's such a a beautifully told story right across the album from from the as you say the amusing his, historical anti historic um, opener Queen Emma. It then it ta- does take us on a journey, and it does take us on a journey through the soul of England and perhaps an England that has seen or could see better days. Um, which perhaps only someone from overseas could actually convey in a way we wish we all could. Um, you know, yes. I think I think it's 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 it's, but it's also a romantic record as well. Romantic, of course, about the country, but romantic, of course, about about uh, you know relationships. Um, there's a muse in there. Uh, it's it's just like it's just lovely. It's just really nice. And you mentioned you know loving you, Akiri mm. Ellison. I also really like Cold Rain as well. That was a particular standout for me. Um, yeah, that's just just such a lovely, warm and um, short, which is always good in our situation record to get into. Yes, absolutely, Matt. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very 30 much. minutes. <laughs> we got a long podcast tonight. Eternal love. Uh, exactly. No, no, love this album. It's great. As I just mentioned, The National. Let's do The National next. Cool, okay. With Laugh Track. Um one of the two artists on the podcast that we've reviewed before, and we have reviewed them before more than once. However, last time I reviewed them was literally two podcasts ago. It was. Um, with the first two pages of Frankenstein, uh, which we reviewed on podcast four, uh, which we both liked. I think I liked slightly more than you, but we both still thought was actually yes, pretty absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the big question is, though, is do we need another hour of the National? Um there's a lot to like here too. Um, I actually think it's an amazing second album. I say second album, second, second album, second, second, the second, second album, second album, in the last, second album of twenty twenty three. Yeah, um, uh, it's not you know, not the second album at all, but but it's it, if anything, it's perhaps more diverse than their earlier twenty twenty three effort. Um, and I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce an element of slight nitpickiness. Um, I don't think the quality is consistent however 
It's such a worthy companion pick. It's an album. Of course, it's an album in its own right. Have they not described it as the tenth album? The last one being the ninth album. I, I, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I've, yes, I've, course, read, yes, I've read somewhere. Yeah, yes. So it's definitely not a companion piece to the previous album. Often, when artists release an album so soon, there's some sort of companion. It's not. It's an album in you its mean own like right. Taylor Swift and folklore and yeah, it's strange. Yeah. You have had was that no, the no, album that was, the man from the national. Yeah, that was also an. Okay, <laughs> but that was also an album in its own right as well. So it maybe is, this yeah. is a trend. Yes. Why record one album when you can do two? Um, I think what stands this one apart is there's a little bit more of the live sound. I think the 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 previous album was a lot, a lot sort of reliant on the sort of electronic sounds and the soundscapes. This actually brings the drummer and some of the instruments to the fore. Uh, so it rocks out a bit more on certain tracks. Um, it also features the previously standalone single by with Bon Iver. Yes. Um, which sort of has a home, but it sits perfectly well here. Um, but this is followed on the album by some great originals as well, uh, such as uh, Turn Off the House, Dreaming, and later on you've got Coat on a Hook, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, I actually feel that many more of the tracks on this one feel more alive, a bit more passion on this album, maybe. So having said that earlier, that nitpicky thing about the inconsistency, I don't think that matters, because I actually think there's more alive, there's more life to this album. Um... There's obviously a couple of other collaborations on here that, that I liked. Um, the, the one that stands out for me, the other one that stands out for me is the Phoebe Bridges one. Okay. Uh, laugh track. Um, I think Space Invaders, epic. It feels like it should be the album closer. But then there's, mm. I think it's like the beginning of side two, mm. if we're going to split mm-hmm. it into the old fashioned sides. Um, but then that's followed by Hornets, which is lovely and slow. So that was another favourite of mine. It should be Hornets, Hornets. Hornets. It should be Hornets, Hornets, but it's not. It's just Hornets. Hold steady joke for you there, folks. Um, so, yeah. Really enjoy, I thought really enjoyed this album. I might even rank it higher than the last one on my final end of year list. Spoiler alert. Oh, see, I, I, I disagree. Ah, oh, you're a pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. best when we disagree, though, folks. Yeah. It makes yeah, good so, podcasting. So I think you're thinking, do we, uh, to me, it's like, do we really need two albums from the National Review? Oh. And for me, it's... Yeah. Mm, no? Not so sure. Cause, for, me, for, me, the, the, for, for me, the album was summed up by the first three tracks. Yeah. So it starts off with Alphabet City, yeah. which for me feels meandering and just and just okay. doesn't go anywhere. Fair, fair. And it's just like, oh, it's a lead track. It's like, oh no. And then you go into Deep End, which kind of like goes, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pulling me back in, thinking, oh yeah, this is this is this is more like a national land. I really yeah, like yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. I put that on my also yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. But then you get to Weird City, which you mentioned, which I'm going to go. Okay, yeah, now we're back. We're in. We're in. Okay. Yeah, okay. This is good. This yeah. is good. And so the album had got me there. That at the point I was going, right, take me to the rest of the thing. And then it's just the problem for me was that the, the just it was too up and down for me. So so. I was inst- going from, for me, instantly forgettable and can't really name the track kind of things to, oh, quite like this. And then, oh, really like this. So um, one of the other collabs that you didn't, didn't mention, uh, the Razan Cash one, Crumble. Yeah. Really, really liked. Um, I didn't like that one as much. <laughs> but we're good, long we're, we're goodbye and, and yeah, yeah. Deep, deep End. Yeah, yeah. It was just like... The last album was so much was for me so much better. I mean, for mm. this it was like, and also it's an hour long, and for me it felt like an hour long. Oh, I didn't. On, e- on e- each of the three listens oh, I did, wow. it felt like an hour. Wow. Okay. And I just really couldn't. And I yeah. quite like, I, I've always quite liked the national, but yeah. on this podcast there was two al- there were two albums on this on this list. Yeah. That even on multiple plays, I just couldn't. Yeah. Find my way in. I think I know what the other one is, but and I just and yeah. this and this was. See, that, that. This so the first the first album of twenty twenty three by the National, yes. um, it, it's high on my list for the year. Uh, let's I'll be honest, I'll be upfront. It is actually quite high on my list. Yeah. This one's right now probably just a place above it, just a place, which probably means they end up in the same place overall. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's yeah. I, I I think they've had a great year. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not an awful record. Yeah, it's just. Mm. Okay, back to old people. Um, Who are we reviewing now that's old? <laughs> uh, the Strolling Rones. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, the Rolling Stones, okay. uh, Hackney Diamonds, uh, 24th studio album. This is true, 24th studio album if we're in the UK. 
26th if we're in the USA. Uh, But it is the first in 18 years since the exceedingly average of Bigger Bang. Mm -hmm. There's people that remember that. Uh, I do. Um, And this is quite an interesting one because, you know, one, most people didn't think the roasters were going to produce an album of new material. And shock horror, when they did, suddenly the reviews came in and majority of people were going, actually, this doesn't suck. (laughs) <laughs> always a great place to start yeah um, and I agree with those majority of people because actually this album doesn't suck yeah um, mm-hmm. you know it has really top drawer opening three tracks which I well, you know, love an album that starts off strong which back to the national thing I think I think well the weakest regardless of what you think of the album I think Alphabet City is Alphabet whatever it's called is one of the weakest tracks on that album fair yeah. um, I didn't note it and yeah so Get off to start. So they get off with ang- Angry, Get Close, and Depending on You. Interestingly, all those three songs were co-written by producer Andrew Watt. Is mm-hmm. there any direct writing influence on the album? Um, so Angry has the classic, simple, kind of like... kind of jarry riff. Yeah. Kind of very simple. But it really kind of works. And after and after you've heard this song a couple of times, you kind of go, you, you find yourself kind of like walking along and go, mm-hmm. whilst also thinking it does sound like something else. Mm. But the thing is, you get that across the, across the album altogether. There are moments where you're thinking, that sounds like something else. But sometimes what it sounds like is somebody that's ripped off the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and you're, kind of on a, you're almost on a kind of loop thing. But anyway, so that's going to start. I think Get Close is the second track of the album. Possibly my favourite song on the album. Actually, I think I think it's really just cracking tune. Mm. Um, depending, also also good. Then you get a kind of wishy washy bit in the middle, which is like mm-hmm. which one get get back to, and then it ends again on three good tracks. So end you you tell me straight, which is Keith doing his uh, Martin Gore moments. You know the t- token <laughs> token. <laughs> I I write most of the I write most of the good stuff. But yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna get. To, sing a song but it's a really lovely song and you got Sweet Sound of Heaven which is basically quintessential stones mm. harking back to Gimme Shelter and Shine a Light style kind of stuff with kind of gospel tinge blues rock with added Lady Gaga turned up to 11 12 13 mm-hmm. whatever and some Stevie Wonder playing you know, keys as well and then finishing with an acoustic version of Muddy Waters song Rolling Stones which is where they got their name, name name from. In between that, you've got some mixed stuff, should we say. Um, you know, Bite My Head Off, uh, which is very sweary, and the Stones trying to be... Kind sweary. Of punk and yeah. radical. Don't do it. Um, which has macaron ba- bass. Yeah, I'm going to say something about him. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about that is it's rubbish. But I have found myself humming it. Mm. Um, so you know, I haven't found myself humming um, "Dreamy Skies," which again is a very it is a very stonesy kind of thing. But it's a kind of laid back kind of honky tonk kind of thing, yeah. and it's fine. But it's kind of like mm, it's still better than um, "Live by the Sword," which is just awful. <laughs> It's just, oh, I'm oh, it's oh, Jesus! <laughs> truly, truly, truly. Um, but yeah, but the thing is, this is actually pretty decent. You think think a band they've been going for so so long, and yes, it's going. Kind of oh, they've they've kind of trying trying to go slightly modern and go commercial to the game. It's like, well, yes, because they want to sell some fucking records. It's like, why would they just kind of like trot out? Literally sounding something that sounded like from the mid mid seventies. The songwriting on it is 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 pretty good. The songs sound or all right, and you know, this is by a far way not the worst album on this podcast. And, you know, it's enjoy it's an enjoyable record. Uh, as I said to you in the pub earlier on, they might have been a bit pissed off with the Beatles kind of going, ah, oh, that's nice. It's good you're having a lot of fun. We're going to release a single now. <laughs> <laughs> In a, kind of, in a kind of like 
sorry, what fucking retro <laughs> universe are we in? We're just going, oh, it's just like before, yes. We're just going back yeah, just to... Just go do that. Just go do it. We're going back to the 60s and yeah. 70s, and you're still going to go, that's lovely, but we're releasing the first thing we've done in 50 years. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. Are we going to mention the single? You can mention the single. I, I'm a, I don't know. Are we going to talk about the Beatles? We can. I'd prefer you to talk about the Stones first. And then Let's talk the... about the Stones first. Okay. Maybe we save the Beatles for the end. Uh, unlike every other podcaster who's obviously got lead on it. <laughs> um, but no, but there's something I want to say about Macca that does actually chime with. Anyway. Um, I, I agree. I agree with much of what you said, actually. It's a, it's a very clean sounding record as well. It is very clean. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It, it sort of lacks a little bit of the fizz that you'd perhaps... Which I might come back to when, yeah. we, talk, when we do talk about the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. Actually. And that's the parallel, one of the parallels, I think. Um, and that is to say, production-wise, it's very. It, it does feel very much like it's now, but also then, sorry. Um, it's It's... It is, it is classic Stones, done well. It's a solid effort, and I mean solid is in the good solid, not the bad solid. Um, my question is, long term, you mentioned the Bigger Bang, which we've all forgotten about. Yeah. Will this be remembered in 18 years' time? This album. Because whilst it's got some good stuff on it, I, it's not classic. Is it? And and when you think about actually, I think what perhaps lets it down is maybe they could have done a bigger thing or even a bigger bang about the fact that, you know, this is the first album in 18 years. It's also the first album, whilst it features Charlie, Charlie, it's the first album without Charlie, even though he's on it. And it's the last album that Charlie's on. Um, and it feels like a set of solid Rolling Stone standards, but nothing really leaps out. I agree with you completely about Angry and Get Close. Mm. They are my two favourite tracks on it. Um, I actually thought Dreamy Skies had a bit of that old Stone soulful swagger oh, it is, about it. Is it. Very, a swagger. It is, no, it does have that. From Jagger. Yeah. Yeah, I think it had that. I also like Driving Me Too Hard, which um, is sort of, again, tail end of the album-ish. Um, and I agree with you. The cameos, I mean, Bite My Head Off, yeah, it's the it's the the, the, the single ish um actually what i would say that that you'd barely know that maca was on there um but it does have the and the, the basis but there's there is, is a there. bass solo there is a bass yes, of sorts yes but it's not and do you know what I, 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 yeah live by the sword is all over the place um you wouldn't obviously it sounds like elton john is there but you wouldn't necessarily know elton john is there well, Elton's on two, is he on two of the tracks, I think. But that, I think that's the one where he's but most, that, I know, but that, most that, Elton sounding. Elton. I, know, I know, but he's not singing. So, no. so, so, so that's, that, yeah. In a way, I quite like the fact so that's, that, that, okay, so that's that him measured. and Stevie are both on yeah. there. Just, so there's lots of driving musicianship yeah, for Elton. But then when, when Lady Gaga turns up, you know Lady Gaga is there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're up to the. Yeah, yeah, we're there, there, there with that, you know. So I think it, as that said, all that said, it ticks along at a decent pace. It's an enjoyable listen. It's not the worst album of the podcast, um, but will I think about it in 18 years or even 18 weeks' time? We'll get back to the same conversation about the Beatles single at the end of the it's podcast. It's fair. It's fair. Yes. Actually, no, it's doing that. It's doing that. So, uh, so I, would, I, would, I would say it's exactly the same comment about, about the Beatles thing. But obviously, I, I sent you a, a, a baiting message the other, the other day. <laughs> Uh, saying that I thought the Beatles single was shit, uh, okay. uh, but that the remix of "Love Me Do" yes. was excellent. Yes. Um, obviously, that's a very simplistic view of what I actually, actually think. I actually think the single is is actually for what it is very good, yeah. and I like and I like the fact that that it's actually based quite a lot around minor chords. And I'm always a sucker for minor chords over major chords and in songwriting things, but. You still get to that kind of thing of thinking, kind of what's apart from the fact it's going to make them lots of money and talking about it, what's it really adding to the canon? And you know, would it actually have ever come out as a thing 
previously. Um, mm. So in and of itself, it's quite an interesting thing and it's quite nice that, that, that it's been done and, for, and the technology behind it and all that is very interesting. But again, even though I've just said that actually, the, 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 to, to contradict myself to a certain extent, on, on the Stones thing, that actually it sounds quite modern and that's quite, quite good. In some ways, the fact that the Beatles thing sounds so modern feels kind of wrong to me. So whilst, what, so whilst the kind of song itself is not bad, it just, again, what, what you're saying, I'm thinking, am I seriously going to be in 10 years' time having got a playlist of be- of my favourite Beatles songs? No. Yeah, yeah. You know? But the, the the remix of Love Me Do is spectacularly good. I... It is, it, okay, here it comes, the new and then review. I did, we never reviewed the Beatles on this podcast, and we never will again. <laughs> Probably won't review the Stones again, are they? I'm, I'm guessing. Hello. Um, no, it's funny, because we were meant to meet this time last week when it came out, uh, originally. Um, and I'm glad that we're meeting now because it's given me time to sort of listen to it a handful of times and sort of take it in, um, which I'll come back to. Um, I, yes, you're absolutely right. It's very contradictory. Um, it is... Yeah, some of that is deliberate, of course. It is, yeah. mod- it is modern yeah. and it is Rubber Soul or even Abbey Road. It is Young John, Old Paul. Um, it's happy, it's sad, it's sombre, it's funny... Um, I actually think for once Paul's contribution is quite measured mm-hmm. in terms of his vocals, in terms of his own guitar playing. Uh, George Harrison's acoustic guitar, which is on there, is also quite yep. measured um, versus Paul's slide guitar a la George, which is obviously out there and obvious, um, as is the string arrangement towards the end. The string arrangement actually is quite subtle until you get towards the end and it's really like, okay, there's the Beatles strings again. Um, I think it's a fine song, but I agree with you, actually. What will it mean in a few years' time? Um, It's been inserted into the canon. It's at the end of the reissue of extended version of Blue. Yes, of course. For some reason. Um, Well, financial. Money. Copies of it, yeah. Um, it's it's there and and actually but you're absolutely right I think Free as a Bird is a fine song but it's nowhere near my list of favourite Beatles songs I forgot about Free as a Bird yeah exactly and what what I actually think this had this song now and then has over Free as a Bird is that Lennon is there whereas even on Free as a Bird he's kind of in the he's like a spectral ghost in the distance somewhere back back, back to the the the, uh, kind of um chord kind of progression in the fact that it's I prefer I prefer the chord progression in this song than than Freezer Bird I always thought Freezer Freezer Bird always just sounded a bit kind of travelling Wilburys yellow <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly oh, that's not and that's no offence no, no, to the travelling Wilburys that's no offence to the travelling Wilburys no, no exactly. absolutely not both of them no. are my love yeah. but no it was always very and whereas this, you could argue, it's very, it's got that modern sound because Paul McCartney's that it could could be a late latter day Paul McCartney production, yeah, which clearly is. Um, I think it's, um, yeah, I think I think it's it, it's there. It's 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 a fine song. It's the fact that Lennon is that is there in this, and, and it actually sounds like the four of them. Whereas Free of the Birds sounded like four parts, three or four parts coming together. I think this actually feels like a bit more together. And the technology has enabled that. To say that, sorry, that's the technology, isn't it? That's the technology. But the technology, and I completely agree with you on this point, has enabled a beautiful remix of Love Me Do, which has got me so excited about the reissue of the Red album in particular. I can't wait to hear that, because if they've done that to Love Me Do, what else is out there that they can now do for the early 60s stuff? Because that is amazing. That has completely turned my head around on that particular song. Yeah, I mean, they, they no. have used the, the, the kind of the kind of special yeah. kind of thing. If you're sitting listening to that on, on any kind of decent pieces or mm. good good headphones, mm. um, it's amazing. Again, it it does sound yeah really, and it's and it not not in a horrible overproduced no. kind of way as well. So that it's actually been done quite well. So so actually does still sound like there are just yep. a couple of instruments there and a vocal. Yeah. 
but it's there's no they've cleaned up the noise yeah which in a way but again there's always an argument that that's yeah, part, should, part, should of, part, the noise part of what makes blah, makes things know. good and I, yeah. I get and I get that as well no, and, no, and not at all. On, a, on another day I'd argue the, argue that case as well. yeah but, but no but, I think it's stunning but it's um, great very excited about Red uh, love the remixes that have come out actually in the last few years but, Ten Swift Red uh, sorry Ten Swift Red no no the Beatles Red <laughs> <laughs> right should we move on yeah, uh, we're going to get a new, get a new, get a young person. Ooh! So having just hackney diamonds, we're going to get a Hannah Diamond. Aye! And Perfect Picture. Look uh, how second set that up. studio album from British songwriter, uh, singer, and visual artist Hannah Diamond. Uh, and she made this album in collaboration with uh, Dave Gamson, who used to be a member of Scritty Belitty. Wow. Wow! <laughs> I didn't. Okay, but he's also done lots of produ- production stuff since 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 then. Yeah, yeah. worked with lot, lot, yeah, lots, um, lots, lots of people. So, Pete, pop time. I know you always call on me when it's pop time, and I always surprise you by saying, "Yes, yeah, right." Um, no, look, this is life affirming female led smart pop. Um, I just invented that genre. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Pete. It rolled off the tongue. Um, it has. Look, this album has its moments for sure. Um, but I have to admit, the first time I listened to it, the first half of the album in particular felt very samey. It was all like treading through, sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um, that wasn't always the case. Not, not when repeated listen, on, and I want to stress this, on repeated listen, it did feel better to me overall. I actually started to really quite get into it. Um, I always love pop music. Um I, I think I'm probably no longer the demographic for this one, but uh, uh, and I feel like it maybe it's been done better before. If I'm being really cruel and honest, um, but that said, the second half of the album feels very varied, very diverse. There's loads to get into there. Um, on repeated listen, it's great. I, by the time I hit the fifth listen to this album, I'll probably really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and like all perfect pop, it's it's throwaway as well. It's you know, and that's what, what it should be. And it's short. Um, in terms of the tracks, I really like, again, some of the lyrics on some of the songs. Um, I mean, Affirmations kind of touches yep. on, on the theme of the album that's a life-affirming female-led smart pop. Yep. Hashtag Pete. Um, and I loved Impossible, which I, I can't decide if it's a love song to uh, a dating profile or actually a love song to an AI boyfriend. Uh, and I think it's the latter. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is the latter. I think we're now in that phase where artists are singing love songs about imaginary people that exist only online. <laughs> How 2023 is that? <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. Yeah, and I, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that as well. And Twisted. Twisted was good as well. Yeah, so this again, I when I first put... I had a similar feeling to you the first listen through, actually. Um... In fact, I almost had to kind of argue with myself over this album uh, to force myself to kind of go, no, this is actually quite enjoyable. Mm. Um, and like, various things going in life helped me do do that. But with the, fir- the first listen, uh, the, it kicks off with the title track. And my first my first feeling when the first moments of the songs, first song starting was, this is like an auto-tuned version of Dubstar. Oh, I didn't think about Dubstar. Yes, but auto-tune being the crucial word there. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of auto-tune on this yeah. album. Um, and what made Dubstar great was indie. Yeah. Yeah. But then but then you listen to the whole album, and as you say, it, it is pure power pop. It, it's, uh, you've, got, you've got, you know, Aqua, Bewitched, Spice Girls, even hints of um, uh, Laura... From churches, uh, particularly on the song, I thought on the song "Poster Girl," yeah, I thought the vocal yeah, was very, yeah, was very yeah. kind of similar to that. Yeah. I was half expecting an eighties version of Vince Clark to show up and yeah. kind of like as being kind of. I, I wrote, person. I wrote little boots down in my notes. Has anyone, oh, yes. has anyone thought of little boots recently? Boots, indeed, yes, no, absolutely good point. <laughs> um, yeah. and I, but again, again, someone that's sort of done that, but again, she was a bit more. She was a different pop star again. Yeah, well, it still is, but you know. Yeah, as I said, it is it is just like thirty odd minutes of unashamed mm. bubblegum pop, mm. um, and there's definitely nothing wrong with that. In a, in a week where 
goes live. I've just announced that they're about, to, about to get together, get together and release a new album and go on tour next year. You know, so like, yeah, we're in the in the moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with. This. I think the start of the album for me was really good. So you get the opening track, which are like affirmations, which you mentioned, which is mm. like best version of me as myself kind of mm-hmm. thing. Ah, my own uh, Yeah, flash yeah. flashback, which is talking about on flames and stuff mm. like that. FX, which yeah. is possibly the most knowing song on yeah. the album because yeah. going because there's a line of going you you love me with FX on or or yeah. or no or, or or you don't love me with FX on on a song that's so auto tuned out of its arse yeah. it's unbelievable but it's kind of better yeah exactly yeah I have to get the auto tune on her vocal did start to kind of get my nerves a bit. Mm. Um, as the album went on, but still, it's a short record, and it's an uplifting, fun record. And you know, we need more of uplifting, fun records. So yeah, we do. Yeah, good yeah. on it. I thought I thought it was yeah. Right. So, uh, as again, deserves repeated listening. Yeah. Get past the cynicism, Pierre. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, we go on to uh, so we're going to go to Honey, New Planet Heaven. Uh, so the second album by by this band, Kerrang rated this four out of five, which is why I thought would give it a spin. Um, so the opening track you've got it's called Bothering, which has a plinky plonky piano thing, which morphs into sort of cure new order indie riff. If it was played by a kind of wannabe Blink One Eighty Two covers band, mm. um, I struggled with this record. Mm. Um, on the positive side um, the band have tried not to produce an album of just 12 identical songs so there, there, it's not just one song played over and over again different versions of which you can't get in this kind of genre of music so hats off for that However, for me, it seemed like they'd just taken the worst elements of bland indie pop from the 90s and noughties and thrown them all into one record. Um, I did think of Top Loader more than once during <laughs> listening to this album. It's not a space I want to be in, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mind the kind of Weezer-esque song solo that's in the middle of the album. I thought, I thought that was quite quite good. Only Weezer can be Weezer. Though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just... And it, and, you know, it's not that it's Speaking awful. of Red Albums. It's, it's Red Albums, yes. It's not that it's awful, uh, but it's just... I just... Yeah, I, I, I'm... I mean, I quite like... You know, I was, we've, we've, um, we did... Was it Five Days of Summer and... Uh, yes. Yeah, we did. For very best, best things. It's I, fine. I, I, I like, it's fine as a I li- genre. I like this genre of music. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's I'm, all right. I'm quite happy to do yeah. this. But for me, this, this, this album just just didn't didn't connect with me at all. No. This, I, mean, I hate to say it, this is the loser of the podcast for me. It is. In it a is. podcast of seven albums, <laughs> this, one of them had to come bottom. Um, and that's not to say it's bad, because as you've absolutely pointed out, absolutely rightly, it is varied. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice blend of indie, alt pop, whatever that means, and and the occasional shoegaze in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean Big Star and a and and a ballad in my and the and the ballad in my own age. Um so all in all it's a ref, it, that is a refreshing listen. It's a relatively easy listen even if it is a little bit middle of the road. When I say middle of the road, I mean obviously middle of the Blink 182 road. Um so it's not boring, it just follows a formula at times. Uh, the pop sensibilities of the obvious single 89cc shine through. I like that, that's good, I like that one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 16 Stitches and Bothero, which I think a couple of open tracks are all right. Palm Reader was a closing track, that was okay. But yeah, I agree with you. I see Palm Reader's all right. Yeah, Palm Reader's all right. So, so there's enough in there to keep you interested. I don't know where they go with this. Somewhere. Yeah, good luck. What's that? Well, I think Karan gave him four out of five. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's 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 all right. It's worthy, but no, not today. So we finished with uh, the Anchoress. Um, 
who uh, we've reviewed before. Um, we have. So, yes. Yeah, so uh, when uh, did we review them? <laughs> Podcast for 2001. Well done, well yes. done. Good. good. Uh, the album, The Art of Losing. So, so, but Catherine Ann Davis is back. I was just saying, we, we, we really liked that album, so yeah, yeah. We, we genuinely like that album. Yeah. Um, so she's come back with an album of covers of... Uh, yeah. Covers? As, as, as said to me, covers of stuff she really liked. Covers of covers. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to stuff she didn't really like. Yeah. Um, and Hesley said that... Some interesting artists. Well, oh, oh, I shall read the artists for just a minute. So, so, Depeche Mode, New Order, Radiohead, The Cure, Nirvana, Nico, All About Eve, Halsey, Manic Street Preachers, uh, and REM. But why it's quite interesting is whilst there are a few obvious choices, which I'm sure you'll get to, there, there are. It's, it's, mo- it's mostly not. No, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's actually surprisingly not obvious choices, generally yeah, speaking. Agree. I, 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 this, in a in a in a competition of two, this is the best covers album we've reviewed this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but what's brilliant about this is it perfectly captures and distills the spirit of the original songs, unlike the guy that wrote the original songs on that other one yeah. we started with. Um, it, it it's it feels more than a covers album. It actually feels like it's got some love and soul in it. It, it, it. And and also she's managed to bring out something quite unique from each version of the song, as well. She hasn't just done the straight Blech. cover. Um, she's made each song her own, whilst obviously nodding to the original, whatever the original. I'd say there's one exception to that. But, but okay, well I'll leave that for you. Um, I mean, it opens with Enjoyed the Silence, which is... I struggle with covers of Enjoyed the Silence because there's so bloody many. Um, this is. is up there with with best of them, I guess. I always feel really funny about reviewing this song when someone's covered it um, because I, I, I'm just, you know, obviously enamoured with the original. But props to her uh, for the frame-by-frame cover she did on the video, which is basically the video by Depeche Mode yes. covered by the anchorist which is amazing so check that out um penny royal tea is probably my favorite track on here um and also and this will come as no surprise probably one of the more recent songs is the tradition by halsey yeah which despite what i've all said about making it her own she does actually perfectly capture halsey collab nine inch nails um she's got that nine inch nail sound in her cover somehow which can't have been easy to recreate. Um, she has a voice that suits that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, but it's, again, different to Halsey, but recognisable as Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoyed that too. Um, and This Is Yesterday's, another one I know down, has, has actually particularly enjoyed. Yeah, but, but, and she's done that one many times, because obviously she's, as we, as we mentioned when we reviewed it before, her and the Manics are... Mm. Good mates, mm. so she's performed with them many, many yeah. times. So I know I really enjoyed this. Really good, enjoyed this album. It's good. Yeah, I think I think he's, I think you're saying I think what what makes it work is that it hangs together. Hangs together as an album. Mm. She's taken an approach to it that, I mean, in some ways you're going, oh, it is that classic. I'm just going to do slower versions of the of the songs kind of thing, which is tr- for the most part true. Yeah. However. By taking that approach, it does mean that the thing hangs together as a, as a as a record rather than just being a, here's me just doing covers of my favourite songs and so it sounds. As you say, it starts with the Enjoy Science cover, I think, is really excellent. Yeah. Um, Despite my feelings, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes into Bizarre of Triangle by No Order. Bizarrely, I would prefer, I'd have preferred if she if, if it had been less bassy. Mm-hmm. Because that 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 was a bit let me down yeah. slightly. It's too much, yeah. No, you think you just thinking. It's one of those things that. It's not a song that I that, I know brilliantly by New Order, mm. but the first time I listened to the album without without looking, I didn't look at the, what the track list was. I kind of went, okay, this is a New Order. That's the New Order one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, it's, let's try and copy the kind of Peter yeah. type bass kind of thing. Uh, that was slightly annoying, but after that, as you say, mostly it's 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 kind of avoids being copyist, except for bizarrely on Martha's Harbour by All About Eve, hmm. which is almost exactly the same as the original version. Um, 
was a huge Roll About Eve fan uh, in my younger days. Um, saw them a couple of times live in Glasgow. Really loved Julian Regan. Um, but for this song, any time I hear this song, I cannot get the Top of the Pops performance out of my head. When they were sat there as a band, just, just sat doing nothing whilst the music was playing out to people at home but wasn't playing out to them to mime to. And it was just one of the classic... It'll be on YouTube, kids. Just do yeah. a search for it. For the children, um, Top of the Pops was a popular show on TV a long time ago. <laughs> it did. Um, but as you said, the rest, rest of it's really really good. And why I really liked, I really liked the closing track, uh, her cover of Sweetness Follows by R.E.M. I thought it was... Just really, really heartfelt and moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just beautiful. Beautiful. Um, so, yeah. So, we've probably talked for enough, frankly. We have. Yeah. Well, we had we had a few bases to cover, and we've not been around much, and, and that's a bumper one. Yeah. So, uh, Roger Waters' album of the podcast. Yeah, first. absolutely. Roger Waters' <laughs> is the album of the podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Um... Look, it, it, for me, it's a it's it's a draw. Um, I, I know I prefer the national, mm. um, but I have to say, look, personal feelings aside, I thought the Bergman album was really good. <laughs> really enjoyed it. <laughs> I have to agree. Yeah. I have to agree. I think. Yeah. I, I think you know, our old mate Matt's mm. done good, friend. Mm. It's almost like he has some talent or something. Yeah. It's almost like he did. Yeah. He clearly did. Yeah. My word. Okay, Matt. Love to we, Sweden. We, we, will, we will email you and t- <laughs> tell you the bank details yeah. to transfer the money to. Until then. Also, it's going to be interesting to hear how this actually sounds, given they've just on an iPhone and I'm going to have to try and make it sound. Well, good luck with that. Yes. This will this will come out next year. Yeah, exactly <laughs> after the Christmas special. <laughs> Goodbye. Farewell. <laughs>